Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you up till 4 p.m. Eastern as we do weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. You can listen live right here. If not, don't worry, you can always check it out on demand. Any time you want, just go to podcast, hit uh, search for Scout Fantasy Sports, and then hit subscribe for the podcast. Uh, and it's uploaded pretty quickly once the show ends. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis. You can also follow me on the gram at Aaron88. And check out all my work, ScoutFantasySports.com. We have a ton of content up for you right now. My latest is a look at my Scout 44. It's a draft review uh, from my uh, Scout 44 league, which you can uh, participate in now if you want. PlayFFWC.com. The Beat Adam Ronis second league is underway. We are in the second round. Uh, The Beat Dr. Roto League has three spots left. That's an 88. So basically what this is, 12-team leagues, 44 rounds, and all you do is you draft your team. That is it. You set weekly lineups, so very little maintenance, and the season ends a little bit earlier, September 1st, so this way you can uh, take your winnings and put it towards football in our contest if you want, or you can cash out whatever you desire, but basically uh, you draft your team and that's it. So a different strategy here, and I break it down in that article. Uh, No waivers, no trades, so it's pretty cool because it gets you prepared. We all love to draft, so you can learn the player pool now, test out some strategies, and win some money in the process. So play FFWC as uh, so I have the first review up. We also have uh, in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs. Latest is uh, some updates there on the NOS teams. Uh, every team is up. Also, uh, we got an article on uh, what to watch at the NFL Combine, a PGA DFS article looking at golf, NASCAR rankings, so a ton of content uh, in addition to our Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit where I have a lot of articles my preseason pro picks will be out next week, so that's basically a sleeper, breakout, bust, stash, and cash. I already have players uh, that I think are going to break out uh, articles on those guys, a pitcher and a hitter for now, and like taking a look at a bunch of other players that have changed teams and what it means for their fantasy value. So there's just a lot of content. In addition, my positional rankings, which I update daily. I have to make some more tweaks today, but I have uh, made an update. You can see where Clayton Kershaw ranks right now and as soon as i make changes it's reflected on the website so you don't need to worry uh they're pretty much updated daily as news filters in and you know there's already a bunch of injuries going on uh in spring training and we're just getting started so you know it's going to be hectic and you have to adjust on the fly and make sure that you're in tune with the latest news uh with guys moving up and down the draft boards we also have you covered scoutdfs.com for nhl pga as well as NBA, which is uh, a busy slate tonight. We have 11 games on the slate, and I'll preview it in the final segment. 
some injuries uh, as well. And, of course, there's usually always late-breaking news. Not much yesterday on a three-game slate, but with an 11, I'm pretty sure we'll have some surprises at the last minute. Need to pay attention. And we got you covered with the optimizer and the Slack chat leading up to lineup lock on ScoutDFS.com in addition to VegasWhispers.com for your sports betting needs. So tons of content to cover you guys. And coming up in the next segment, I'll be joined by Clay Link of Rotowire as we are participating in the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, which we have talked about. For those that are just joining, don't know what I am referring to. Basically, it's uh, 15 team leagues. There are 23 leagues. And all the teams that won last year are in one league. So I won my league last year. Clay Link won the overall. We are picking next to each other. So I'll bring him on, get his thoughts on his team so far. Uh, It's definitely been a challenging league up until this point. Basically, no value. And it just feels like a lot of us are on the same page where I feel there are certain drafts where you go, oh, I didn't want that player. Good thing he's gone. All those players that I have that feeling about, they are falling far. And it's pushing pretty much uh, everyone else up. So uh, it's been tough up to this point. Definitely been a challenge. So, uh, But look, it makes you a better player and it prepares you for those uh, difficult contests uh, like the NFBC and the high stakes leagues where uh, you know you're going to get good competition. And that's what we've gotten here. So we'll talk to him about that. Uh, I'll talk a little bit about my team right now, my thoughts as I put it together as I was picking number 12. And you know, once I knew that I had picked 12, maybe a week before, I had a good idea where I was going. Uh, and it was Aaron Judge. And that's who I got at 12. I just think that he is, to me, a first-round pick, especially in a 15-team league. Even in a 12, I think it's close. There's a cluster of players that I feel are just real close together. Like, you can make a case for a lot of them. Uh, that's the thing that makes it a little difficult. At that back end, unless you clearly feel that there are two superior players. But um, I I think Judge, to me, stands out because this is a guy that last year was on another torrid pace before he got hit by a pitch on his wrist that cut his season short. Um, And, you know, know, I guess you worry about the wrist a little bit, but he seems like he's healthy. You know, two years ago, 52 and 114. Now, obviously, that was a year where everyone hit home runs. But even last year, I mean, you look what he did through 112 games. 27 and 67, 77 runs, six stolen bases. That's another thing. Yeah, are you drafting for steals? No. But if I'm going to get a guy that is jumping out in power, I can still get some steals out of him. Maybe seven, eight, nine. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but it makes a difference. When you're playing in a 15-team league, uh, even a 12-team, and especially with this being an overall, the stolen base category is very tight. So to have a guy that can give you seven or eight compared to someone that might give you one or two, it could absolutely be the difference between winning and losing at the end of the season. And I know some of you think I sound crazy, but I've mentioned that. You know, they add up. You know, a guy like Freddie Freeman as well, eight, nine steals. Uh, he had more than Paul Goldschmidt last year. I don't think people realize that because we always say we like Goldschmidt a lot because of his ability to steal bases from the first base position. But he didn't run as much last year. And will he run now going to St. Louis? Uh, but Judge, you know, has produced a solid average as well. I mean, look, at my first-round pick, I would prefer 290 but I'm getting elite power. I'm getting elite numbers, if healthy, in every other uh, position. And it's not like the average is going to crush me. He's a career 273 hitter, 278 last year, 284 two years ago. 
And while his batting average of balls in play is high, it's because he hits the ball hard when he makes contact. 48% hard hit rate last year. So, yeah, he's got a high home run to fly ball rate. But that's because I think those numbers are legit. He's just a, a power hitter that hits the ball hard. It's a great lineup. Uh, he should hit two in it. He's going to score a lot of runs. Again, that's a category that a lot of people don't look at. I mean, 128 runs two years ago, 77 last year, and 112. I mean, he easily should score 100 runs. He should hit 40, should drive in 100. So just solid numbers across the board. And this was a guy that was going in the first round last year. And now all of a sudden, people don't want to take him in the first round. He's falling to the second. I, I didn't want to do that. So I took him there. In the second round, I took Alex Bregman, uh, who is – Going in the first round of a lot of drafts, maybe there is some concern because he is coming off some elbow surgery, but it wasn't serious, and he has been throwing, and he's 24 years old, and one of the top young hitters in the game that is going to help me across the board. Uh, another guy hit 286 last year. He had more walks than strikeouts. He had 31 homers, 103 RBIs, 105 runs, and 10 stolen bases. So, again, another guy that's not elite in the stolen base category, but should get me double digits. He had 17 two years ago, 10 last year. So, yes, I didn't get the ideal speed that I wanted, but I potentially could come out of the first two rounds with 20 to 25 steals with good batting average and good counting stats. Two players that are young ascending hitters, both hitting in good lineups. So he also has the ability, uh, the flexibility of third and shortstop. So I can move him around a little bit. You know, I kind of made the decision here. I, you have to take a stance. Do you want to take a starting pitcher here, or are you going to wait? I knew I was not going to get one of those top 10, 12 arms that I wanted, but I just felt like the bats here were just too good to pass on, and I would figure out uh, what to do with my pitching. As uh, Garrett Cole went one pick after me, and do like him a lot, but I uh, just felt like the bats, getting the bats there were uh, more important. So I was hoping in round three that one of those starters would come around. Uh, I was praying Trevor Bauer would make it. Of course, he didn't. Walker Bueller didn't make it. Syndergaard went uh, two picks before, three picks before me. So he would have been nice. Uh, but once he was gone, I decided to go with, with Reese Hoskins in round three. Only out, outfield eligible right now in this format. We are playing on the NFBC platform and using their rules. But uh, he will have first base eligibility uh, at some point as well uh, because that's where he's going to play. So, again, that gives me another player with flexibility. And to me, Hoskins has a big upside this year. I know people were excited about him last year, and maybe the expectations were, were too high, I think. Uh, but he had a good year. I had him in one league or two. There were some drafts where he was going too early, but he had a productive year. I mean, 34 homers, 96 RBIs, 89 runs, 246. You know, you don't love that average. He had 259 in 50 games two years ago. So that might be somewhat of a question mark, but I could see him hitting potentially 260. Uh, and he had five steals last year. Most of them came early, so I'm not even expecting much. He was five of eight on the base pass. If he gives me five again, that would be great. Really not counting on that. But he hits a ton of fly balls in that ballpark, which is which is really good. Uh, that's why the average might be a little low. When you hit that many fly balls, obviously it's going to lead to more outs. Uh, but Hoskins had a very good year, and I see the potential for more. So got a nice power base early on. Uh, obviously, then you start to wonder, okay, what am I going to do with the pitching uh, in round four? So I decided to take an arm there. It was a close call for me between Mike Clevenger and Jamison Tyon. I have Clevenger one spot above Tyon. I do like Tyon a lot. Clevenger was one of a few pitchers that had 200 innings and 200 strikeouts last year. The big 
question for him was the walk rate, and he did cut it down last year. And I liked watching him pitch. I just think he has good stuff. And, you know, a lot of people will say, well, Tyon's in the National League. Why didn't you take him? If you look at the American League Central, he's got the, the he gets to face the Royals, White Sox, and Tigers. I mean, those are real favorable matchups for him. Clevenger's at an ERA 3 1 1 or less two straight years now. Uh, he doesn't give up many home runs. He's been uh, less than a homer per nine in two straight years. He had a very good whip of 1.16. So I think he can come close to repeating, even if the ERA goes up to 3-5. I mean, it's not ideal for my number one pitcher, but that's what happens when you're going to pass in the first three rounds. And as I have as I have mentioned, now you got to find the Bauer, Bueller, Snell of last year in the later rounds, and that's what we're attempting to do. It's going to be pretty difficult, though, to do in this league. I will tell you that. A lot of guys getting pushed up the draft board. Uh, but, you know, last year in the league that I won – I did have DeGrom in the round three. That really helped. And I had Bauer in like round eight or nine. So those two guys were key. Also had Marco Gonzalez, who was good. It kind of pieced it together. And having Blake Trinan was obviously huge as well last year. That led me to win the league. So I went with Clevenger there in round four. Uh, again, I do like Tyon, but the NL Central does have some tough offenses this year. It's a pretty good division. Round five uh, is maybe where some people were surprised. Uh, but... All the guys that I wanted went in that round, you know, hoping maybe Tommy Pham, Jonathan Villar, David Dahl. And then I was all set. I'm like, all right, are you Henio Suarez? And he went one pick before me. So I looked at what's on the board. Gary Sanchez was a nice value there. I just don't like taking a catcher in round five, man. They just are too risky. They get hurt a lot, a lot of foul tips. You know, you're praying for 500 at-bats and. I don't really want to do that around five. So I understand the arguments where, okay, Sanchez is good value there, but I just can't do it. I didn't want to take a closer. So there were a few outfielders that I wanted. And the way I looked at it was, okay, uh, I probably have a good chance of one of the outfielders coming back to me. I don't know what others feel about Jose Peraza, but I think Peraza could have a really good year. And I, I think I needed some speed. Like I mentioned, you know, maybe eight from Judge, 10 to 12 from Bregman, not much from Hoskins. So I kind of wanted that speed guy uh, that's not going to crush me in the average and home run department since I already had a good base. I think Peraza is that guy. Now, the one concern I have with Peraza is where is he going to hit in the order? I thought all offseason he would hit leadoff, but we've heard them talking about Jesse Winker hitting leadoff the last couple weeks. Peraza in the spring is already off to a good start. I think he has like two, three stolen bases. So I think he's going to be very aggressive. Obviously, I don't feel as great if he hits at the bottom of the order. Uh, he had a 326 OBP last year, but he had a good average. He hit 14, 15 home runs, which I think he could do again in that ballpark. So the key is if he hits leadoff, then the runs in that lineup will be very high. I mean, it could be 90. Uh, and the steals, I think he has the ability to steal 30, 35, potentially 40. We've seen it, and he really put it together in the second half. So this does seem like a little early, but th there's there was no value in this draft. You had to push up some guys a little bit. So I just said, all right, let me get Peraza here, uh, and I hope he hits leadoff. I mean, and just because a guy doesn't hit leadoff at the beginning of the year doesn't mean that can change, but you do have to consider that where you take him. So maybe, you know, Winker doesn't have a good spring or he's not healthy, and then per, they move Peraza up top. But, I mean, really it's the speed and the guy that I take for speed that's also going to be good in the average department and is not going to be a negative in home runs. Uh, 
then the outfielders I wanted, uh, a couple of them went. Eddie Rosario, Michael Conforto. So I went with Nicholas Castellanos. And I know people will say, well, the Tigers setup is not good. It wasn't last year. He didn't even have Miguel Cabrera, who is healthy for now. And Castellanos put up really good numbers last year. So I think this guy can just flat out hit. There's always the chance that he gets traded. Uh, and good average, too. You know, 298 last year. Uh, it's kind of been all over the place the last three years. 285, 272, 298. So you want to give me that in the middle? Give me 280, 285. That's really solid. Uh, and he had 23, 89, 88 runs, two steals. And he's been pretty durable the last two years as well. So just uh, very good numbers across the board for Castellanos, who just smashes the baseball, hits it hard consistently. Uh, so uh, got him there. And then in the next round, uh, I took Luis Castillo, who obviously disappointed in the first half, but was really good in the second half as a good changeup. And uh, th- again, they're just at this point, they're just weren't you know we're in the range of pitchers where the guys I wanted went Zach Wheeler, Miles Michaelis. So uh, to me, Castillo was the next best arm there, who still has the ability to get a lot of strikeouts. And the key is, can those second half games stick? To keep that whip down again, good, good lineup as well in Cincinnati. I think we'll get some run support. So we'll continue to go over this team over the next few days and as the draft goes along. But when we return, I'll be joined by Clay Link of Rotowire. He was picking next to me. We'll get his thoughts on his draft and how we put his team together. That is ahead right here at Scout Fantasy Sports on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out, scoutfantasysports.com. Become a member now. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Not only do you get access to our fantasy baseball draft kit with in-depth team profiles from Sean Childs, one of the best high-stakes players around, an NFBC Hall of Famer, content from Dr. Otto and myself, but you also get access to everything else, including football, uh, basketball, and a lot more. So check us out today, scoutfantasysports.com. Joining me now, it is Clay Link from Rotowire. We are participating in the same great fantasy baseball invitational league. It's the League of Champions. Everyone who is in this league won their championship last year, including Clay Link, who actually won the overall championship as well. Clay, how are you today? Good, Adam. That's a very kind welcome from you. Uh, doing pretty well, man. This this draft has been a bloodbath, but you actually, after sniping me in the first round, you've kind of helped me make up my mind on a few picks, just taking guys who was on the fence about so that I didn't have to make the call myself. So I appreciate that. Well, yeah, you have sniped me a couple times too. And let's talk about this. I think we all knew going in, okay, this is probably going to be a very competitive league because we all won our leagues last year. Whether some leagues were weaker or stronger, who knows? We It doesn't matter. Whatever happened we all won our league so we knew it was going to be tough and i'm sure you know a lot of the competition i do as well i participated in leagues with you you're always competitive you had a great year last year so we knew this was going to be tough 
But man, I think it's tougher than I thought it was going to be because I'm sitting there and like all my queue is being emptied. And I feel like we are all on the same page with a lot of players where in other drafts you're like, oh, good, that guy's off the board. And in this league, they're just falling and falling. So what are your thoughts so far on this draft? It's been crazy, man. We're not even 12 rounds in, and I'm not even exaggerating when I say this is probably the toughest mixed league draft I've ever been in. AL only or NL only, obviously that gets real deep with the player pool. But mixed league, it's just you better throw ADP out the window and just get your guys because you cannot bank on somebody you like being there. And it is interesting. You know, we were kind of getting some heat saying that the league wasn't overreacting to the Kershaw news well. And it came out that he was shut back down, set to resume throwing tomorrow. But I think he went perfectly where he should have gone in our league. Same with Mad Bum. Yeah, I mean, Kershaw, we both had an opportunity to take him in round six, and we both passed on him. Uh, What was the reason for you? Did you consider him at all at that point, or did you make up your mind that, no, I'm not taking him here in round six? No, it was – I was – didn't really seriously consider him. Uh, when I picked, it was before the the second shutdown. You know, he tried to play toss, I think, on Tuesday. And they put it back on hold with the throwing program. But I, I went with Conforto just because I think Conforto's a breakout guy. Was that one of the snipes that I had on you? Yes. Uh, basically, I yeah. I was looking for one of those outfielders. It was between Conforto or Zario. I, I was hoping to get one of those, and obviously kind of had to settle for, for Castellanos there, who I do like, but I do like Rosario. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah, I do like Rosario and Conforto a little bit more. And, you know, Conforto is a guy, too, uh, at least in the ADP here for the NFBC. I think he was a lot lower, so he's been getting pushed up. So I wasn't surprised you took him. I figured that might be the range. Obviously, I'm a Mets fan. I get to see him a lot. What do you like that you see from, from Conforto for this year? Well, I think he probably, him and the team probably rushed him, him back from the, the shoulder thing last year. He was just slow to get going, but after the first month, six weeks or so, he was great. So I'm expecting kind of 30 home runs in the bag and upside from there. So I, I thought that was a good building piece. A guy who, especially in an overall contest, I feel like should be pushed up because clear upside with a guy like this who's still young and has shown that he can be a true everyday type. Talking to Clay Link from Rotorire, talking about our great fantasy baseball invitational draft, which is ongoing. It's a slow draft. We are uh, in round 12. Clay had picked 13. I had picked 12, so picking right next to each other. Uh, number In the first round, I took Aaron Judge at 12, and you said in the chat you were ready to take him. I feel like I know in that range, there's a lot of players that are close, and you can kind of mix them up in a lot of different ways. But I feel like Aaron Judge is a first-round pick, and I've seen him consistently go in the second round, and I'm just not sure why. Like, he was going in the first round last year, and he was on pace to put up another big season before he got hurt. So uh, apparently you feel the same way as well. Yeah, man, and James Anderson can attest to this because we were kind of hanging out for the first few rounds of the draft, and – you know, when you took Judge, let a couple expletives fly for sure. I just really like the guy. I think the reason he's going so far, so down, so far down second round is just people wanting to draft last year's stats. That's something we see so much of. Uh, people just saying, well, he was hurt last year. And, yeah, that's something to consider. But we're talking about Aaron Judge at a true baseline hitter level. He's easily a top 15 guy. So I was – you know, a little mad. I was fine with Lindor, fine consolation prize, but I just really didn't want to take a guy who's already hurt in the first round. 
Yeah, I think we've seen Lindor sometimes fall to the second round. We did see that he is fielding ground balls from his knees today. So, you know, there's a chance that he is ready opening day. I guess the big question with Lindor is how much does he run early on in the season because a lot of his value is derived from the stolen base, and we know it can be cold on the East Coast, especially Cleveland in April. Yeah, that's very true. I I do get a sense that maybe he's going to be ready for opening day. I know Terry Francona, Francona was saying – he expected Lindor to beat that seven to nine week timetable. I know this kid works really hard, so I give him a chance. And yeah, the the speed factor is kind of troubling and a bit worrisome. How much is he going to run coming off this calf issue? But I look at him and see such he gives you such a good foothold in all five offensive categories. So I had him as the number three player before the injury, still a late first rounder. But I, I did want Judge by a decent margin uh, over Lindor. Talking to Clay Link from Rotowire. In the second round, you took Giancarlo Stanton, a guy we also saw go in the first round last year, and you know still put up solid numbers, but you know did strike out quite a bit. But anytime you go to a new team, especially in New York, there is an adjustment period. Was Stanton an easy pick for you, or did you debate someone else uh, with Stanton in that second round? You know that was tough. Um, I typically don't like taking pitching early, just forcing the issue there. So I knew I wanted to take a hitter, but wasn't sure which one. I ended up just going with the guy who I know is going to lock me in uh, a ton of homers, hopefully 40 plus. And you, when you look at what he did last year, it was really that he just struggled at home. His numbers on the road were actually really, really good. I think the fan base booing him probably got in his head a little bit, but I do think he'll be a lot more comfortable now. And he's another guy where you just, when you look at him at the baseline level, it's like he gives you un, unparalleled power pretty much in the game. Um, we've seen what he can do in that MVP season in the NL when it comes to batting average. I don't expect him to hit for that high of an average, but if, if you get a little bit of luck there, uh, he could be a, a pretty, not necessarily a profit earner, but a guy who does give you a little bit of profit as a second-round pick. Now, we, this is also an overall championship, as we mentioned, and Clay is the defending champion. He won it last year. You took Adalberto Mondesi in round three. Now, we know what he did last year and his ability to rack up the steals. The Royals should be pretty aggressive. Do you make that pick because it's an overall? Would you make it even if it was a standalone league? Are you that high on Mondesi for this year that you thought it was an easy call there in round three? I do like Mondesi a lot. It was mostly because it was an overall contest. And you need your speed. I just, especially in like a league like this in the NFBC, I'm just so hyper-focused. I'm getting my speed and getting guys who can give me speed and something else. And I think Mondesi, yeah, the, the plate skills are shaky, but I think he's a better hitter than a lot of people are giving him credit for. Really good hard hit numbers. Uh, barrel rate was very good. So I look at Mondesi, and I think people are putting too much focus on that walk rate and kind of viewing him a little too much through a sabermetric lens. But this is five by five fantasy with batting average. So. It's kind of a 1980s game, and we always tend to look at it through a modern lens. I think maybe the Buxton recency with him being like a third or fourth round bust last year maybe kind of unfairly worked against Mondesi. So I look at him, and I see a guy who you know, gives me speed, checks off a lot of boxes, and then I don't have to play that game where I'm like, well, hopefully I get Victor Robles. Hopefully I get Jonathan VR. So uh, earlier the better for speed for me. You brought up Byron Buxton, and he's a very interesting player right now. I remember getting him in an NFBC draft champions in, I think, late January, like round 12. 
Uh, we've seen the hype build based on his start to the spring. He's added 21 pounds of muscle. I thought I saw someone say, I don't know if it was the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational, but I saw someone say he went in round five recently, which clearly yeah. – Clearly, you're reacting to spring trade news unless you show me your rankings and you had him that high before then. So I was intrigued to see where he went in this. I, I, he kind of didn't fit my team, you know, because I kind of debated yeah. him. He went to James Anderson, who works with you at Rotowire, in round 10. So we both passed on him for a pitcher. So was that part of it for you? Did you consider Buxton? I mean, you obviously had good speed already with Mondesi, Lindor. Uh, what, were your, what are your thoughts on Buxton, and did you consider him at all in that 10th round? No, I've never been a huge Buxton guy. He is a hell of an athlete. Uh, just a lot of plate appearances, really. And the, the numbers aren't good. So I've been a little hesitant. Uh, I do think the spring training stuff's a little ridiculous. You know, 10 RBI in his first two games or whatever, whatever it was. People always do this. You know, <laughs> they, they tell themselves spring training stats don't really matter, but then they always get caught up in the hype. Exciting player, but I thought you know, where he went in our league was pretty fair. I looked at him and I said, yeah, that's an overall contest. He, could, he may have the most upside on the board, but um, I'm kind of obsessed with Erod right now. And there was a little bit of a push, you know, I had to push him up. There's a little bit of a reach. I get that. But I looked at the starting pitchers that would be available the next time it came to me in this 15-team league, and I didn't feel comfortable with any of those guys. So I figured I'd pair uh, Erod up with Bieber with those two picks and I'll see what was left on the hitting side. And I was happy with what was left over. Of Nomar Mazzara and uh, Ramon Laureano. You took uh, Patrick Corbin as your number one pitcher around four, and I was in the same spot as you because I looked at it too early second round, and I knew. I'm like, okay, if I don't grab a starting pitcher here, there's probably not going to be anyone that I like in round three, and I'm probably going to have to take someone around four who might be pushed up the board, but I was fine with that because I, I liked the bats that were there. So we were both in similar spots. You went with Patrick Corbin over Clevenger, Paxton, Strasburg, Tyon. Do you have them that far ahead of them, uh, those guys, or was it close? Actually, the guy who I had closest to Corbin was Herman Marquez because I love the K's and love the stuff. Uh, but I still do like Corbin a little bit more. He's He doesn't have the track record. I get that. And there's that heavy slider usage which people see and you know rightfully get scared of because it could lead to another elbow injury for Corbin. But we're talking just skills at this point. He's right up there with the best of the best. Uh, the FIP is right in line with kind of Nola and Scherzer. So he's kind of that that borderline ace, you know, right around 15 among starting pitchers who's not really pushed up. I feel comfortable with as an ace as long as I get, you know, a good two, three, four. Um, I really feel strongly that it's about building a nine-man staff, the best nine-man staff, and not just about getting an ace. I think that's overblown. Yeah, that's for sure. Although I did have DeGrom in round three of this contest last year that helped. But I really feel like getting Trevor Bauer later on was a, a big difference, too. Yeah. yeah, that's probably an even bigger bigger factor. It's just you got to kind of – you know, you just kind of got to make your pars up top, and then you, you make a, a ton of profit on the margins and later picks. And so, uh, yeah, these next few rounds of this draft will be really interesting. We'll see um, what's left because everybody's just – going in and getting their guys, which I respect. Um, I really think if people were trying to like do a draft prep and really wanted to know where they have to get their guys, they should look at this draft board uh, because nobody's waiting around here. Everybody's just being aggressive. And uh, I was kind of like, you know, I wanted an easier path uh, back to the overall title. I'm not going to lie, I'm selfish. I wanted that 
that glory, Adam. But no, this is fun. I've come around in the Champions League because this is, again, probably the hardest draft of Knicks League draft I've ever done. Well, it's a challenge, and obviously I'm assuming you'll be back in the NFBC again this year. You were last year. I'm doing an NFBC auction, so this really gets you ready for it as well. So uh, it is a challenge, but, hey, this is is what we want uh, because we know we could be in leagues that are going to be this competitive, so it's definitely great prep. Uh, Round five, you took Blake Trinan. I believe you had him last year too. I had him in uh, in many leagues, including this one, and obviously he was a huge difference maker. Was that – part of the plan that you wanted to get an elite closer or was it you looked at the board and said nothing really stood out so you said let me get a closer here yeah i think that was it exactly i just didn't see a ton separating the guys who were left uh hitters and starting pitchers so i just felt trend was the most scarce the commodity the rarest commodity and you know you and i both had him and it's maybe that's part of it just having him last year and loving what he did but you know, if you run our earned auction calculator at the site, uh, rotowire.com, and you, you know, make it a 50-50 uh, split as it should be because, you know, pitchers and hitters earn the same. Now, Trian was like a $43 player last year. He was – now, a lot of that had to do with the nine wins, but he was so good. Ste- uh, saves are so scarce, too, and getting one guy locked in was something I didn't want to do. I didn't know I'd be trying in at this spot, but but the price was totally reasonable. And I didn't want to miss out on that that run, so I was, I was happy to get Trine in there, kind of anchor the ratios and get a an ace reliever to pair with a guy who's kind of borderline in Corbin. Well, thanks, because I missed out on the run and uh, I had to settle for Cody <laughs> Allen, and I do not feel good about that at all. But that's what happens, man, when you miss out on the run. I debated taking yeah. one. I think it was round eight, and then by the time it got back to me, I'm like, well, there's no one else here. I'm just not going to push someone up just to get saved. So. Decided in round twelve. At least you got security. Shot. Yeah, that, security. Funny that. At least. Yeah, until uh, you know, if he continues the trend of what he did last year, giving up a lot of walks yeah, yeah. and fly ball. I mean, his first pitch strike percentage was fifty-two percent last year. So, look, he had several good years in a row. Was it just one bad year? Was he pitching through an injury? We'll find out. But that's why I took him there. I'm like, all right, he should have a long leash for the job. But do I feel good about it? No, I don't. And a lot of people took two closers before I took one, so uh, I got stuck oh, yeah. in that spot. Yeah, I gotta. I'm gonna have to get creative with that second closer. Uh, there's a few guys I like, but pretty much everybody who's left is pretty shaky, like in terms of security with the job and and or skills. So yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do there, but play it play it on the fly, I guess. Overall, how do you like your team so far? I do like it a lot. Um, I I do kind of worry about the offense because there was one stretch where it went, you know, Price, then Cano, Bieber, Erod. So I went heavy in that 7 to 10 range with pitching, and I, I passed on a lot of good bats, but still a lot of good, like, accumulators out there. And that's what I'm going to have to get is just a bunch of accumulators on offense to prop me up and runs an RBI. And if I do that, I think I'll be pretty good. Um, this is going to be a challenge, but... If Lindor is healthy, I think this team will hit. Yeah, that is a big key for you. If he does produce, then uh, you're in good shape. So uh, it's going to be a fun draft the rest of the way. Uh, we still got you know half the draft to go, and it has been a challenge so far. So uh, hopefully we don't snipe each other too much along the way. Yeah, take it easy on me, all right? Just yeah. Say, Make some say, bad picks. 
I'll try, man. Uh, same to you, man. But uh, always yeah. good talking He's to you. He's off the gas pedal. Yeah, always good talking to you, Clay. And uh, going to be a fun league this year. And uh, hopefully someone does come from this league as the overall champ so we can stick it to everyone. Yeah, always a pleasure, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Hope All right, talk thanks soon. a lot. All right, Clay Link, you can find him rotowire.com. When we return, I'll wrap it up. Looking at the night in NBA DFS here on Scout Fantasy Sports. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis is here till 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check me out, scoutfantasysports.com for the Fantasy Baseball Draft Kit. My rankings are out. They're updated daily in real time. As soon as I make an update, it posts. You can ask your questions on the message boards and forums and take advantage of this offer. Bats 50, 50% off your first two months. Gives you access to everything on the site. Not only fantasy baseball, but obviously... It is prime time for fantasy baseball drafts, and we want to get you ready to dominate. A busy night in the NBA tonight in 11-game schedule. Kicking off with the Rockets at Charlotte, 7 p.m. Eastern. Rockets favored by 5. The Vegas total 227.5. For the Rockets, um, you know, it, it should be a high-scoring game. You can look at a few players in this game. I don't really see the need to to get James Harden in there tonight. He's 11-2 in DK, 12 on Fandle. Obviously, a streak of 30-point games were snapped. He was dealing with a neck injury and an illness and missed a game prior. Uh, so I don't see the need to do it, especially at that price of when Chris Paul back. Same thing with Chris Paul. You know, if Harden was out, I'd feel better. He's 84 on DK, 87 on Fandle. I don't think I'll have too much... Uh, I don't think I'm going to have any exposure to Chris Paul tonight. Uh, Eric Gordon is intriguing on DraftKings uh, in tournaments because he can go off. He's only 4,800. He plays around 30 minutes even if he comes off the bench. And if he's shooting well, uh, he could produce. Uh, Kenneth Farid's been in the starting lineup all last game, but he's still uh, not someone that I'm looking at even though he's playing well. They kind of all hurt each other a little bit. For Charlotte, Kemba Walker's very inconsistent. He's much better at home. Uh, but he's going against Chris Paul tonight, so don't love him. I mean, he's always capable of going off in tournaments if you play multiple lineups. 85 on DK, 88 on FanDuel. I've said it a couple times recently, and I hate like saying anything about Nicholas Batum, but he has been playing better lately. Uh, Jeremy Lamb recently went to the bench. I don't know if that's helped him, but he's still very cheap on DK at least uh, at 4,700 and should be a, a high-scoring game. Cody Zeller's coming off a ridiculous game. Uh, Fandle tough to use with one center. DK maybe in a tournament, 5,800. It's not a terrible matchup. So those would be the guys that I'm looking at there tonight. Washington is at Brooklyn. Uh, 238 is the over-under. Brooklyn's favored by 5.5. Wizards have been competitive. They've been losing. Uh, Bradley Beal definitely in play tonight, especially on DK. 89 on DK, 99 on Fandle. Uh, Nets not a gr- great defensive team. Beal is just putting up uh, ridiculous numbers, and 
Yeah, I think sometimes people don't like paying up for him because of his name. But with no John Wall, Beal's been crushing it. And he got such a huge uh, usage rate. So I will have exposure to Beal tonight. I do see that he gets low-owned in tournaments. I think Trevor Ariza's not that bad. I've been looking at him on Yahoo. Uh, he's 57 on DK, 65 on FanDuel. It's a good match for him. Bobby Portis, always capable of going off uh, in tournaments. Uh, he's coming off a, a bad game, but this is a good matchup. He usually plays 30, 32 minutes, uh, 63 on DK, 7 on FanDuel. So I do think he's in play as well. For the Nets, you know, the problem with them, as I've said, when they just have all these guys healthy is they, they kind of spread it out. But D'Angelo Russell, just he, he's always a good tournament play. I really don't use him in cash. He's been really good. Uh, so I would definitely consider him tonight, you know, especially if you have multiple lineups. I usually try to get him in, in at least one. Uh, he's 87 on DK, 91 on FanDuel. Uh, Jared Allen has a good matchup, but you worry about foul trouble and you worry about minutes. So not really someone you could use in cash, but 5,200 on DK certainly is someone that you can consider. Uh, Ed Davis, too, if you even want to go cheap, he's 35 on DK uh, because, you know, he usually kind of splits the minutes with Jared Allen. Joe Harris is someone I would consider on Yahoo as well. He's 11 or 12. Obviously, he needs to uh, hit his shot, uh, but you know, he usually plays 30 minutes, and uh, this should be a very high-scoring game. Uh, he's 45 on DK, 52 on FanDuel, so certainly not a priority, but if he fits in as the final piece of the puzzle, uh, certainly can use him. But I will have him in, in a Yahoo lineup or two at his price there. Again, I think it's 12 bucks, and the minimum there is 10 Minnesota is in Atlanta, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Vegas totals 236. Minnesota is favored by four. The big question that we're looking at tonight is Jeff Teague. He is listed as questionable, and... Uh, when he was out the other night, the news came late, but Tyus Jones was in the starting lineup, and I was able to get him in on Monday at a cheap price, and he crushed. Uh, he's still good price, 45 on DK, 53 on Fandle, 14 on Yahoo. So if Teague is out, and we should get that news before lineup block at 7 p.m. Eastern if you're on a late swap site and we don't get it. Obviously, you leave it. You can leave that spot open and hope to get him in. So. If Teague is out, definitely uh, like Tyus Jones for fall, for sure. We didn't see Derek Joe, uh, Rose, because uh, I had Rose in a lot of lineups, and then when I saw that uh, Tyus Jones was starting, I made the pivot and changed. Uh, that was obviously a late swap swipes. So uh, Rose is still someone I think you can use in tournaments. It's a really good matchup, and I would think the minutes go up. So 55 on DK, 58 on FanDuel. Car Anthony Towns smashed the other night in his first game back from that uh, car accident. 10-6 on DK, 11 on FanDuel. Definitely want a piece of him for sure because uh, he should smash tonight. Uh, and that's probably about it. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, I've used occasionally, but usually when Towns is out, it's not a bad matchup, but I don't see the need to get him in there tonight. 62 on DK, 67 on FanDuel. Atlanta has been playing better lately. Uh, Trey Young has just been crushing it, so certainly... Uh, his price has gone way up, and justifiably so. He's 8-3 on DK, 84 on Fandle. I think he's more of a tournament play. Uh, Tyus Jones is a pretty good defensive player, so that's if uh, he does get the start. It'll be a little bit tougher for him. Torian Prince uh, will be back after uh, missing a game due to personal issues. Kevin Hurter's back, so that's the problem with them. They kind of hurt each other, and uh, John Collins has cooled off. Uh, price has dipped, but not someone I'm looking at tonight. So really, Trey Young is the main guy that I like there. 
uh, in tournaments for Atlanta. Golden State is in Miami tonight to take on the Heat. Uh, nine and a half, Warriors of favor. Vegas totals 223. DeMarcus Cousins will not play tonight. They are going to rest him. So that makes several of the Warriors more appealing. Obviously, when Cousins is there, they all kind of hurt each other. But um, they do, even though Miami is uh, not a team that plays at a high pace or scores that much, still uh, you would expect Golden State to put up some points. So uh, Curry and Durant obviously become uh, the best plays tonight. And uh, I would definitely consider them. Curry's 91 on DK, 93 on FanDuel. Kevin Durant is 92 on DK, 96 on FanDuel. If you're punting on uh, FanDuel, I guess Kevon Looney's in play, 33 uh, on DK, 35 on FanDuel. But I uh, really don't see the need to go there at this point. So uh, Durant and Curry are the two guys I'm looking at. Miami, James Johnson's questionable. Justice Winslow is probable. Roddy Magruder is questionable. So we saw a lot of value from Miami the other night because they had several players missing, but it looks like a couple could be back. Uh, so uh, this will not be a spot. I used Whiteside the other night. Probably won't use him here. Uh, you know, I just in tournaments you can go off, but don't think we need to really go there tonight. You know, Dwayne Wade has been playing well. Um, I like the price on DK at 5,100. Uh, and Deion Waiters, too, is pretty cheap, 49 on DK, where you get the three-point bonus. So I think uh, he's in consideration there. Outside of that, uh, don't really like much on the Miami side tonight. We did see Goran Tragic return, but he's had a minute's limit, so you can't use him yet. And uh, Justice Winslow coming off the injury. Portland is in Boston tonight. The Celtics were hammered last night by Toronto. What a, That was terrible. I mean, this team is 0-3 since the All-Star break. Definitely seems like they have some chemistry issues. They're not on the same page. Uh, was not a good look for Boston last night, so they'll try and bounce back tonight at home, favored by two and a half. Vegas totals two twenty-six and a half. Evan Turner remains out for Portland. Uh, don't like much on the Portland side. I mean, Damian Lillard's always someone that is in play, uh, but I don't love him tonight. Uh, Eighty-eight on DK, nine on Fanduel. I like Mo Harkless on Yahoo. I think he's eleven dollars, um, and he's thirty-six on DK, forty-seven on Fanduel. He's been playing better lately, and. Uh, you know, with no Evan Turner, could be a bump in minutes. So uh, I do like him on Yahoo and even DK. I mean, that's a cheap price. I think he easily can go 5-6x tonight. Uh, Terry Rogier has been ruled out for Boston. Uh, Aaron Baines is out as well. Uh, Celtics are just uh, – I used uh, – I did two lineups last night. One had Kyrie and Al Horford. Man, were they terrible because of the blowout. So those are really the two guys I only look at when the com- team is completely healthy. Uh, I'd expect a better performance tonight. Uh, Horford 63 on DK. So if this game can stay competitive, you know, they both can produce. Uh, uh, but so those would be the two guys I look at for Boston uh, once again tonight. Uh, interesting to see how they bounce back after that dreadful performance last night. Chicago's in Memphis, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Grizzlies favored by three and a half. Vegas totals 216. Chris Dunn is probable. Otto Porter is probable. So it sounds like those guys will play. Uh, this is not the most appealing matchup. Uh, should be a low-scoring game. Markinen, Laurie Markinen has crushed it. His price has gone up. 94 on Fandle, 86 on DK. Uh, I would consider him in a tournament, but there's some good, uh, probably better spots tonight, uh, especially if with the team completely healthy. Robin Lopez, not a bad price on DK at 4,500. Uh, but the the thing is, there's 11 games, so the, there's probably a lot of other centers. But I would, I would. I would take a look at him if I had multiple lineups. For the Grizzlies, a lot of guys out tonight. Jaron Jackson's out. Kyle Anderson's out. 
Ivan Rab is doubtful, so it sounds like he's not going to play uh, for the Grizzlies. Uh, Jonas Valchunas has been tearing it up, man. Uh, even when he doesn't play big minutes, and the Bulls are a great matchup for centers. They're one of the worst teams against centers. So I think Valchunas is definitely in play uh, for sure. Uh, he is 74 in DK, 81 in Fandle. The price really jumped. Yo, Keem Noah, too. Man, he's played well. I wanted to use him the other night, and I didn't, and I wish I did. I'm going to use him on Yahoo tonight. 48 on DK, 57 on Fandle. He's playing well. I know. Who would have thought? Yo, Keem Noah. Derek Rose, guys we're talking about late in the year, but uh, Noah's definitely in play. Uh, and Mike Conley in tournaments as well, I uh, would consider. Uh, I might play DeLone Wright on Yahoo. He's 10 bucks as well. It's a good matchup, and he's pretty cheap. I think he's the minimum at 10 so I might uh, take a look at him. Detroit's in San Antonio take the Spurs, who are coming off uh, a long trip because they had the rodeo in San Antonio. They lost to the Nets and the Knicks. Uh, they really need a win as they're battling for a playoff spot there in the West. They're favored by four. Vegas totals 220 and a half. For Detroit, same story. It's usually Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Uh, but I don't love the matchup. I would consider Drummond on DK. He's 9,000. Uh, Blake is 89 on FanDuel, 87 on DK. Not priorities tonight, though. But obviously, they're always capable of putting up big games. For the Spurs, uh, no one that I love here either. Uh, obviously, the best plays are DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge, but I don't feel the need to uh, get him in my lineups tonight. Indiana is at Dallas. Indiana is favored by one. The Vegas total is 215.5. DeMontis Sabonis is out. He hurt his ankle last game. Tyreek Evans is questionable. I like Miles Turner in this matchup. Obviously, with no um, Sabonis, that should help. And Dallas has really struggled against center. So I know Turner wasn't great last name. 63 on DK, 73 on Fandle. And Thaddeus Young is the other guy. Like, he's 22 on Yahoo. Again, this is not like a game to target. It should be low scoring. But I think those two guys are players I would consider. Young is 59 on DK, 65 on Fandle, and 22 on Yahoo. For Dallas, it's pretty much a you know, Luka Doncic show. Uh, the price has risen and the Pacers have been a pretty good team defensively this year. Uh, so I think the price is a little bit too high for him. He's 93 on DK, 98 on FanDuel. Dwight Powell's coming off a really good game, and uh, he was like 1% on the other night. He's 43 on DK, so uh, not a bad spot if you're looking for a punt. A uh, little bit more expensive on FanDuel, I wouldn't go 6000 uh there. The Clippers are in Utah. Clippers still in the hunt for a playoff spot. Vegas totals 227.5. Jazz are favored by 9.5. Uh, Clippers have been playing well. This is a tough spot, though. Um, Utah is a tough place to play. Uh, they've been pretty good defensively, so not much here that I like. I mean, Lou Williams I always consider in tournaments because he can blow up. 71 on DK, 78 on Fanduel. Harrell, same thing, uh, but really not targeting much of the Clippers tonight. For the Jazz, uh, I like Rudy Gobert here. The Clippers have been terrible against centers, uh, and uh, certainly... Uh, you hope the game could stay competitive, but he's 82 on DK, 97 on FanDuel. I think uh, Derek Favors is in play, especially on DK at 4,600. Again, Clippers really struggling here against the front court. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, I think, will be high, uh, low-owned. Uh, he's coming off a couple really good games, 82 on gate, uh, DK, 9 on FanDuel. He's twenty no 32 on Yahoo, so I already have him in a couple tournaments. I like Ricky Rubio in tournaments. He's 6 on DK, 7 on FanDuel. Had a good game the other night, so there's some good plays here for the Jazz. You hope that the uh, Clippers can keep it close, and I think they can. I don't I don't think they get blown out. 
Uh, Milwaukee is in Sacramento to take on the Kings, 10 p.m. Eastern. Bucks favored by 5.5. Vegas totals 234.5. George Hill is out. Uh, Giannis, it looks like he's probable. Uh, I expect him to play tonight. Man, the Bucks are just such a disappointment when Giannis doesn't play. All the Bledsoe, Middleton the other night, they suck. So Giannis, certainly, anytime he takes the floor, he's in play. It's a good matchup here. So you got to decide if uh, you're going to spend up for him. But I think he is one of the top overall plays. You know, I think it's either him or LeBron. I think a lot of people will pay up for LeBron. So you might get Giannis a little bit lower owned. Giannis is 11 on DK, 12, 1 on FanDuel. Uh, Brooke Lopez is a good play. It's a good matchup, and he's pretty cheap. Uh, DK, he's 4,500, 6 on FanDuel, so I like him. Uh, I really don't play Bledsoe and Middleton when Giannis is healthy. It is a good matchup, and it should be a high-scoring game, but I just can't. I mean, they just they were, they were not good without Giannis the other night. Marvin Bagley's been crushing it. 67 on DK, 8 on FanDuel, uh, but he's just he has a high ceiling. He's a guy that you definitely want to consider in tournaments. Uh, because of what he can do. Uh, I mean, he is the price is going up, but uh, it, it's tough to, to pass on him with what he's done. Always like Buddy Heald in tournaments because he could get hot. He's 64 in DK, 69 on Fandle, and Bogdanovic as well, especially on DK at 4,900. Pelicans are in L.A. to take the Lakers, who are just uh, really need a win desperately. Lakers are favored in this game by 5.5. Vegas totals 239.5. Anthony Davis going to play about 20 minutes, so it's really tough to play him, even at the cheap price. Alfred uh, Payton's in play. It's a really good matchup. He's 52 on DK, 62 on FanDuel. Drew Holiday, we haven't really seen a major minutes limit for him left, and it's a really great matchup. Um, he has at least 33 minutes in three of the last four, so so much for that minutes limit. So I think he's in play. 76 on DK especially, 92 on FanDuel. And for the Lakers, uh, LeBron James, man, you know, even with them playing poorly, he still put up big numbers, and he's got to – you got to think that this is a game that he just crushes. 11-1 on DK, 12 on Fandle, so I like paying up for him tonight. Brandon Ingram's played very well. You know, they haven't lost because of him. He's 64 on DK, 69 on Fandle. And Kyle Kuzma, I think you can take a look at as well. 62 on DK, 67 on Fandle. Lakers desperately need a win tonight. They are at home. Pelicans obviously beat them a couple games ago, so uh, this will be a big game. If the Lakers lose tonight, man, they are in trouble. So uh, should be a good slate tonight. Just make sure you pay attention to all the last-minute news, and when you can do that, scoutdfs.com. we got the optimizer and the slack check leading up to lineup lock. Also, check out scoutfantasysports.com. Promo code BATS50 gets you 50% off your first two months. I'll be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, with Dr. Otto here. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.